It is frustrating to feel social pressure to do something that just doesn't make any sense. You know, something has no logic and yet everybody's doing it. And so you have to justify what is normal and what makes sense. Normally, our conversations are around pregnancy and birth on this podcast and how what the world does just doesn't make sense. But today, we're going to wander over into the newborn phase to talk about one of the most controversial topics there is, circumcision. There's a lot to cover, and it's going to be broken up into a series because it's just way too much for one episode. Some of it's not going to be fun. In fact, most of it's not going to be fun, and some of it's going to be a little painful to talk about, but it's some things that you as mamas and maybe as daddies, maybe as grandparents, really need to understand so that you could make a good decision. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive in. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Okay, real quick, review time. I love this time. I always want to make sure that you guys know how much it means to me when you take the time to leave me a review. Back on December 28th, a sweet, sweet lady whose name doesn't show because of how she set up her Apple Podcasts, but it just says Christian Mom, Wife, and Disciple, and the title is From a Doula and Mom of Four. Lori is a wealth of wisdom, not just knowledge. Anyone can gain knowledge, but she has a wisdom that only God can give. As a doula of seven years and a mama of four, I can tell you that this is unlike the other birth podcasts out there. This podcast gets us to think and act on our own behalf for the births we want, the kind of birth God wants us to have. It's practical and such a great resource. This will be the new podcast I share with my clients. Thanks, Lori. I'm binging this year of podcasts now and loving it. And I love that review. And thank you for taking the time to leave that review. If you, not you who just left that review, obviously, if the rest of you have not taken the time to leave me a review, would you please do that? Just hit pause real quick. It only takes about 30 seconds. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave me a quick review. It helps me so much. It encourages me so much. And it helps me to reach other mamas just like you. Okay, so today, it's not an easy day. It's not a fun day. The rest of the episodes on this topic are not easy and they're not fun. But I get this question quite frequently And it's one, like many topics, that I have come completely full circle on as a result of many things, part of which is being a part of it, being the nurse that assisted with it. I've seen this myself, I don't even know how many times, probably hundreds of times. And so you can rest assured that what you are hearing today comes directly from the experience of a then nurse 
seeing it herself. You know, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you are used to feeling that pressure of feeling like that you're supposed to do something or that you have to do something that some social norm tells you. And honestly, that's probably why you listen, because you're looking for support and affirmation and information to back what your gut tells you is right. And today's topic is no different. Your baby boy is born with a perfect penis, just like God meant for it to be made. And yet, within a day or two of birth, the doctor comes strolling into your room if you're at a hospital and asks you if you want to have him circumcised. Now, some go along with it without a thought. Some go along with it out of social pressure for various reasons. And others are prepared and they stand up against it. But have you ever thought about why it is a doctor would ask you if you want to cut off a perfectly healthy part of your perfectly healthy baby boy, mainly for cosmetic reasons? There's nothing else we do that with. It doesn't make any sense. And whether you realize it or not, circumcision really is a social norm, even where it doesn't seem like it should be. And what do I mean? Well, let's look at the terms. We use the terms circumcised or uncircumcised. Well, that term alone, uncircumcised, implies that if you haven't been circumcised, something is wrong with you. There's an un there. There's something missing. Something that you haven't done or had done that you should have done. Let me rephrase this for you a little bit. Did you know that some cultures perform female genital cutting routinely? They cut away part of the female anatomy as a cultural routine. Are you cringing right now? Why? Most of you listening to this, most, most of the people who listen to my podcast are women. So mom, I'm asking you, why does it make you cringe to think about females being cut and not the cutting of your boy? It's really the same concept. And yet one is a felony in most places and the other is done routinely. It is so normal to have a boy circumcised that I actually took some time to go look in every single one of the textbooks that I still own that deals with either newborns or even adult male anatomy. Now, granted, most of my books deal with females because that's the life of a midwife, but I do have a few from college that talk about males and from my master's as well. Y'all, I want you to know that every single one of them Every single book, book that I had that had pictures or diagrams of penises in them, each and every picture, except for one that I'm going to talk about in a second, every single one of them was circumcised. That means that anyone who is studying what is normal so that they can then discern what is abnormal, they are seeing that normal is circumcised. One was even a physical exam book, which is the book that you study. It's a very popular one that you study if you're going to be a nurse practitioner or some sort of a provider who performs routine exams or examinations when you're sick. So imagine being a provider who has never seen an intact penis because all you've seen in books and maybe all you've seen on your husband or anybody else is circumcised. And so then one day... A man comes in for you to take care of them, and their penis has a foreskin. 
and you don't know what that is. Now what? The only picture I had in any of my books that was intact was one that was abnormal. There was something wrong with that person. They had a problem. So that implies that intact penises are only intact with issues, that they bring issues. There was not one picture of a normal, intact, unsurgically altered penis. Not on a baby, not on an adult, not in a drawing. So there's a lot, of talk, a lot to talk about here. And I'm going to break it down into a series. There's a lot of stuff that we've got to cover, and it's just too much for one episode. So you're going to get some extra episodes this week because I don't want you to have to wait until next week to get all this. You're going to kind of be on a roll and you're going to want to know more. The first thing I want to talk about today is looking at the anatomy of what a normal penis is. Not that you don't know it just from living, but I just want to kind of talk about it in more detail so that you can appreciate what we're doing here. Why why we're even thinking about altering this. Then I want to look into some of the history for how we got here so you can understand that it might not be exactly what you've been told. And then in the next few episodes, we're going to go over what circumcision is. We're going to look at how it's done, the myths surrounding it, the ethical considerations, and more. You're not going to want to miss any of it, so just put a little reminder on your phone so you can remember to look, because I know you're used to looking for my episodes on Tuesdays, but this week you're going to get some extra, so just make sure you're watching for them. So first of all, we're going to talk about the normal anatomy of a penis. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole anatomy, but just the part that's relevant, because the whole anatomy, you know, how it works on the inside and things like that, that's not really relevant to this particular part. So normally you have the glands which is the head of the penis. And normally it is kind of reddish. It's got some lubrication in there and it's got a skin over it that we commonly call the foreskin. Normally that glands, you can't see it at all, especially on an intact baby, which every baby is born intact. So even if you've had a baby boy that you've had circumcised, at some point you've seen that penis in a normal state where the glands was completely covered up and the foreskin was over it. Normally at birth, this foreskin has adhesions that hold it in place over the glands. And that state, those adhesions stay there for up to three years. Some babies, they kind of break down earlier, but usually by about three years, just about every baby boy's foreskin will retract on its own. It has not been forced. It has not been made to do that. It just eventually happens through normal development. There is a natural, excuse me, a natural lubricant present underneath that foreskin that allows that retraction to eventually happen easily with no pain. The foreskin is there to protect the glands from friction. That glands is very, very sensitive. And having that foreskin allows for less friction and more comfort so that they're not feeling so much friction from underwear, clothes, and diapers and all that kind of a thing. It also keeps the glands warm and lubricated as it was intended to be. Okay, so now you got a picture kind of what is normal, what is, what what it's like before it's been altered. So where did circumcision come from? Well, of course, we know that circumcision was a biblical directive at one time. We first read of it back in Genesis 17, 
There we read where God told Abraham to circumcise all the males in his household, and every male thereafter was to be circumcised on the eighth day after birth. It was a sign of their covenant with God. But then when Jesus came, many thousands of years later, and Christianity began, everyone who was a Christian at first was also a Jew who had converted into being a Christian. So here is where some of the confusion comes from because there's always been kind of a back and forth of whether circumcision is still required, why it was ever required, did Christians ever have to have it done. And some of that confusion arises because the Jews, who were the people who were initially called to be circumcised, were now converting into Christianity, some of them were. And so there was contention and there was confusion. And because of all that contention and all that confusion, you can read about this a lot in the New Testament. You first start to read about it in Acts, around Acts 15, and they're talking about how circumcision is not a commandment in Christ. There is no such commandment. The circumcision that God was wanting, even really if you dig into it from the beginning, but at this point in history, he was wanting a circumcision of the heart. He wanted us to cut away all that would hinder us from entering into that new covenant relationship with him through his son. But because of all the problems and all the confusion of these people who had once been told to be circumcised and now they were not being told to be circumcised and they didn't know whether they should be or shouldn't be or what should happen, you can read about this in Galatians, in Romans, in Colossians, in Philippians, and some other places. It was a very common issue for the early church. So that's just a very, very brief kind of overview of the biblical side of circumcision. The commandment for circumcision went away. So there's really no biblical command for us to be circumcised now, for boys to be circumcised now. So why is it still here? There is some pretty ugly history that you may be, not be aware of. Not going to go real deep into it, but I just want you to understand that circumcisions became common again in the 1800s. Many claim that it cured disease or prevented diseases. But the big one was that it prevented masturbation, or they saw it as preventing masturbation. One quote I read about circumcision stated that it, quote, must cause too much local suffering to allow the practice. So basically, they were cutting off the skin to desensitize the glands. Remember, I told you it was covered to protect it because how sensitive it is. So when they take that skin off, it causes pain and discomfort to the point that a man won't want to touch it, and so it prevents them from masturbation. So it was really more of a preventer of, I guess you would say, a preventer of sexual sin. And so it wasn't medical. It wasn't biblical. It was just kind of a punishment. So where is circumcision normal now? Well, really, in the U.S., is the, the U.S. is the only place that still routinely circumcises babies. There are other cultures that do still routinely circumcise. It is common in places like Africa and many Islamic countries as a rite of passage, but that's in older children, not in babies. In the West, it is decreasing rapidly. Some of the sources that I was reading, as many as 62%, I believe was the highest number I saw, are intact. 
They have not been circumcised. But that was actually an old text that I read that in. And so it's very likely higher than that now. In the East and in the South, it's a little bit slower to decline, but it is dropping. Some statistics I've read say in the States, it's somewhere around 50-50. In Europe, it's uncommon now as well. And really most areas around the world, it's not really all that common anymore. The U.S. is the main place that's really hanging on to it for whatever reason whatever reason it's 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 really hard to wrap your head around because there really is no quote good reason for it and we are going to go into that more in the next few days about what the reasons were that we've been told for many many years that it was maybe helpful or beneficial and then we're going to go into the truth of whether or not that actually they it actually is helpful or beneficial So I'm going to stop there for this episode so that none of these episodes are too overwhelming. But in the next episode, I'm going to go over some really hard stuff you're going to need to understand. And one of those things is how it's done. I have witnessed them so many times, and it is not fun to think about. But before you make this decision for your baby boy, you need to think about it. You need to really understand it because it is not something to take lightly. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this not very fun episode. And I know you just can't wait for tomorrow, right? You really can't wait for the next episode, but I'm asking you to please come back. Please listen to it because you need to understand it. Y'all have a great day and I will see you right back here probably tomorrow. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.